Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin filed a new petition last week asking the Wisconsin Supreme Court to find that rights under the state constitution, including the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, include the right to an abortion. It's another challenge to an 1849 law in the state that some argue bans abortion. Attorney General Josh Call has already challenged that law, and proceedings in that ongoing case have left an 1895 Roe v. Wade era abortion law in effect. That means Wisconsin currently allows abortions up to 20 weeks of pregnancy. WUWM's Mayan Silver speaks with UW Law Professor Howard Schwaber to learn about this latest action on abortion in the state. Unpack a little bit how the Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin is framing their question and how opponents to abortion rights are framing their question. A year ago, a district court judge uh, ruled that the 1849 statute banning feticide did not apply to abortions. It only applied to unwilling at the destruction of a fetus against the will of the pregnant woman. That meant that that law had nothing to do with regulating abortion. So a later 1985 statute remained in force. And under that statute, women in Wisconsin had a right to abortion under certain circumstances and within certain limits. Each side is now pushing back against that ruling. And each side wants the state Supreme Court to jump in and answer it right away. Now, the court currently is understood to have a liberal majority, a four to three liberal majority. So the expectation is that this court is likely to find that the state constitution guarantees rights that include the right to abortion. If they do that, uh, the pro-life side will then use this as an issue in the next judicial election. Brad Schimmel is running to take one of the liberal seats on the court in order to restore a conservative balance. And he has a long history of being staunchly anti-abortion and has endorsed the position that said that abortions should be banned in Wisconsin in every case except where the life of the pregnant woman is involved, even among conservatives, uh, a rather hardline uh, pro-life, he has hardline pro-life views. So from the perspective of the pro-life camp, uh, getting the Supreme Court to rule, even if they rule in favor of Planned Parenthood, clarifies the issues and enables them to launch their campaign to retake the court. From, of course, Planned Parenthood and the pro-choice perspective, a court ruling in their favor is beneficial. There are a number of moving parts to this. The court could rule, for example, that the Wisconsin state constitution does not guarantee rights that include a right to abortion, but the 1985 statute remains in force, right? Because just saying that there's no right to choose an abortion guarantee in the constitution doesn't mean that the legislature has to ban it. At that point, the onus would be on the legislator to quickly undo the 1985 law and pass an abortion ban before the next election in November, which will be held with non-gerrymandered districts. In other words, in November, there's a good chance that the Republicans will either lose their majority or at least have a much, much narrower majority in the state assembly. So if the Republicans in the state assembly wanted to pass a ban on abortion following the state's Supreme Court ruling that the Constitution allowed that, they would want to do so very quickly. And of course, the next legislature, if it were to be controlled by Democrats, would move to undo that statute right away. Okay, let's unpack that. So just rewinding a little bit. So we're talking about Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin bringing a lawsuit that there are rights ensconced in the state constitution that would include the right to an abortion. Can you unpack the arguments there? Like, why would somebody bring that claim? Oh, uh, there are a long-standing series of arguments that are very familiar from federal cases. Uh, there are two basic arguments. One, and, and I'm, I'm putting these in broad terms because the, the, the specifics vary, but they fall into these two general categories. 
One is it has to do with the basic notion of liberty, sometimes called the right to privacy. There are certain areas of decision-making which the government should not interfere. We don't believe in a totalitarian state. To borrow a phrase from Justice Kennedy, the state is not omnipresent in the home. Uh, and you can pull up lots of phrases from lots of cases talking about the idea that there are areas of intimate and private decision-making over which the government should have no control. So that's basically the privacy right argument. The second argument has to do with equal protection of the laws or equality in general. And the argument is that laws restricting or prohibiting, of course, abortion uh, impose burdens on women in ways that are not true of men. And therefore, these laws, by definition, uh, fall unequally. And that violates basic principles of equality. Those are the two basic arguments. Planned Parenthood is, is trying to ask the court to consider both of them. In, di in different ways under the Wisconsin Constitution, and either can be made a, a, a plausible and persuasive argument. The counter-argument is that, well, yes, these laws burden women unequally from men, but that's virtual biology. Women have babies and men don't, or women become pregnant and men don't, uh, and therefore that's not an inequality in the law. Uh, that's a background fact of the world uh, over which legislatures have no control, and therefore courts shouldn't take cognizance of it on the equality side. And on the privacy or liberty side, the argument goes, sure, there are areas the government in which the government should not intrude. But we've always recognized that, that there are places where the government should intrude. Think about um, child abuse, right? At one time, the prevalent idea was what goes on in the home is no one's business except the father who is the master of the house. We don't think that way anymore. Uh, and the same goes for spousal abuse and any number of things that occur in a home setting. And according to the argument, the decision to have an abortion is one of those things in which the state should be able to intervene. And then you can end that argument several ways, because a fetus is a person, or even if a fetus is not a person because the state has a really important interest in the issue, or um, the issue is one that is so profoundly important that the state should not leave it to private decision making. Those are the way the two sides present their arguments in broad terms. The specifics vary with what statute or what constitutional provision you happen to be relying on. You're tuned into Lake Effect. This is Maya Jan Silver speaking with UW Law Professor Howard Schwaber. And in Wisconsin, you had mentioned, you know, currently we have a Republican-controlled legislature and they get to make the laws. How would that interact with the ruling by the state Supreme Court were they to agree with Planned Parenthood? Oh, well, if the state uh, Supreme Court were to agree with Planned Parenthood, uh, no right is absolute. Saying something is a right doesn't mean the government has no business regulating it whatsoever. Uh, my favorite example is the right to free speech. There's no theory of the right to free speech that says you have a right to say, give me your wallet or I'll shoot you. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of, of things that are regulated, even though they fall in an area described as a right. So saying that there are rights that include abortion and the choice of abortion does not mean no regulation is possible. It could mean that, but it need not by any means. The almost certain meaning would be um, that it'll be very, very much harder, very much more difficult for the legislature to enact a law that restricts abortion and have that law survive judicial review in a court. The situation becomes more complicated given that we've just adopted new voting districts in Wisconsin, which have undone the Republican gerrymander. So that for the first time in 10 years, in the elections in November, Democrats have a chance of taking control of the legislature, or even if they don't, uh, certainly the Republican majority will be smaller. So the window of opportunity for Republicans in the legislature to pass really strict restrictions on abortion if Planned Parenthood loses before the state Supreme Court is very narrow. If Planned Parenthood wins before the state Supreme Court, then the legislature's hands are effectively tied. 
And again, I would assume that that would then become an issue in the next round of elections in which Republicans would try to mobilize pro-life voters by saying, you know, we must have a conservative court, we must have a conservative legislature, otherwise women will have the right to abortion and that would be a bad thing. And of course, Democrats will mobilize in the opposite way, saying we must keep a liberal court and we must keep a democratic legislature in order to preserve abortion rights. One of the things that is that has been true thus far since Dobbs is that abortion remains a highly mobilizing issue. It's unclear how long that will be true. One has to imagine that at some point states like Wisconsin will end up with laws that are acceptable to enough of the voting population that this will cease to be a major mobilizing issue for purposes of elections. But we're nowhere near that moment yet. And for this coming cycle in November, this is clearly going to be one of the big uh, hot button issues uh, that the electorate has to has to think about. And the Cliff's Notes version for people who are like too long didn't read. There are two cases right now dealing with abortion in Wisconsin. What do we need to know about how those are shaping up? It's really one case. In two separate petitions, both sides have asked the state Supreme Court to step in and rule, and we'll certainly treat that as a single case. I think it would. I, I think there's a great deal of political pressure. On the, on the court to take this up and answer it. Because everybody, regardless of their views about abortion, wants to hear this question answered rather than having it linger in the courts of appeal and go through motions for injunctions and you know stays pending further review and so on. Uh, both sides want the issue resolved before the next electoral cycle for political reasons, and both sides want some clarity as to what the rules are going forward for legal reasons. So I think there's a great deal of political pressure on the court to take up this case an issue of ruling. And if they do, I, I would think that ruling would come out um, probably in the spring. Were the ruling to, you know, side with the uh, reproductive rights activists, how would you anticipate the law would change or the reality on the ground would change for people? I think, honestly, the most likely outcome is no change at all. I think the most likely outcome is that the current state Supreme Court will say the Constitution does secure a right to abortion and that the 1985 law is a perfectly valid regulation of that of the exercise of that right. As I said earlier, saying something is a right doesn't mean there can be no rules at all about how that right is exercised. That's the kind of outcome that makes legal sense, although one can certainly argue that it doesn't go far enough in one direction or the other, but it's not there's nothing about it that's you know absurd or wrongheaded. And of course, it's hardly about the politics. And from a political perspective, that's a really sensible outcome that diminishes rather than increases the the temperature of the issue. And I think justices on the court will pay at least some attention to the question of what the next judicial election cycle is going to look like and not really want to put themselves in a position uh, of making their position on abortion the motivating issue. And just to confirm, the pre-Dobbs in Wisconsin law was this 1985 law, That's right? Correct. So nothing has really changed from then to now, just to confirm for people. Well, that is correct. Although what happened was there was an attempt yeah. to say the 1849 law right, did, did something very different and effectively banned all abortions. That attempt was turned away by a district court. That's the thing that's lurking in the background. During the period before Dobbs, during the period of Roe and Casey, when, when we recognized the U.S. constitutional right that included the right to choose an abortion, uh, the 1985 Wisconsin law was perfect, was understood to be perfectly in accordance with that with the exercise of that constitutional right. And that's why I say that from both a legal and a political perspective, 
that seems to me a sensible solution uh, and by far the most likely one, even though I understand why neither strong advocates of choice nor strong advocates against choice would be satisfied with that outcome. Thanks so much for delving into this with us, Professor Schwaber, and thanks for joining me on Lake Effect. My pleasure. Howard Schwaber is a law professor at UW-Madison. He spoke with WUWM's Mayan Silver.